Welcome to the Winners Win Podcast, the podcast that highlights awesome people in Kansas City and their secrets to success. I'm your host, Jamie Simpson. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of NetStandard right here in Kansas City. At NetStandard, we manage technology so that our clients can focus on growing their business. Today, our guest is Kat McDaniel. She's the principal and founder of MediaHead. Well, hi, Kat. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's been a while since we've caught up, so it's good to see yes. you live and in person. Yes, yes. 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 A couple of years because of the pandemic. Yeah, we're usually Zoom friends, I think. So <laughs> yes. this is good. It's good to see you still are fully intact. So yes, yeah. To you too. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we try to talk about on the podcast is I just want to hear a little bit about your story and sort of how you got where you're at in business and and we'll just kind of talk informally about that but before we get started um i always like to talk about failures as well so do you have a a great memorable failure or loss in your life that you or maybe the first one that you remember uh, I would say the biggest failure in my life was not paying attention to my ex-partner, my ex-husband, who controlled all the finances and ended up leaving Kansas City um, with all the money from the company and having to bounce back from that. It took me about three years to make everything right. And during that time, keeping the company going with no cash was extremely difficult. I had to have a lot of resilience and grit to get through that. And honestly, sometimes I just had to get up from my desk and leave the office. The stress level was something I'd never experienced before. What got you through it? Like, was there some, did you meditate Um, or drink a lot? No, what got me me through it were honestly my employees and taking care of them. And um, they're all still with me and they know what I went through to keep the company alive and keep all of them employed. And, you know, they always say they go through fire for me now after going through that. So we're a pretty tightly knit bunch after going through that experience. I bet that makes a difference when you do things like go through COVID then, that they all know yes. sort of your commitment to them right. and to the company and, right. and likewise right. theirs to yours. Right, right. And I think that makes a big difference in you know, the changes we've made in the company, the decisions we make about equipment and, um, you know, just knowing, I mean, when I first came up with the idea to change from a litho company to a digital company, some of my employees, it was like chicken little. The managers were running around saying, oh my God, cat's crazy. The sky's gonna fall. We're gonna go out of business. And, um, you know, I have a solid group around me now who trust what we're doing because going digital was the right move. Okay, well, let's back up. For those people who aren't familiar with you and with MediaHead, and I don't know that I know how you got started in that business and sort of, you know, talk a little bit about that company and maybe your interest in it and how you made that transition. Well, that's kind of a funny story, but um, I sold web printing for 10 years, very successful, traveled all around the 
the country, but we wanted to open our own little printing company. And my ex-husband kept saying, let's go to Kansas City. And I was like, oh, no, no way, no way. I don't even want to look at Kansas. I have no desire to live there. You know, I'd grown up in Florida. I lived in Dallas. I lived in New York. And so finally we came up here for the weekend and I was like, I can't believe it. I love this place. It's the best little hidden secret here in the U.S. And we cracked open the newspaper and there was a small printing company for sale. Well, it turned out the owner was going to Leavenworth prison for counterfeiting. Okay. And so he said, you know, the company's for sale. He made us a great deal but you've just got to drop everything and come here in two weeks. And so we did, we sold our house, we moved here, we didn't know a single soul. Oh my gosh, and when was that? Uh, that was in 1990. Wow. So I had an 11 month old baby and I was in a brand new town, I didn't know anybody. And when I first started calling on people, people were like, oh, there's so many printers in Kansas City. And I kept saying, you don't understand, we're different. Because we were fulfilling that gap between, you know, you had all your quick printers, and then you had your large printers like Spangler and yeah. Baugaller. But there was nobody really in between that that was doing high quality, short run work. Um, which is really all I do now. And, but at that time it was a new concept. And so we grew our company from that into, you know, a $10 million company that, um, did a lot of litho printing. But, um, maybe it was about 15 years ago, the PIA was saying that half of all the printing companies in the United States were going to be gone in 10 years. So I started thinking, you know, what are we going to do? Because I knew just being a printing company, we weren't going to survive. So um, we started adding digital equipment. We started adding a lot of software. We started building these platforms for big companies like J.E. Dunn and HNTV for them to order all of their marketing materials. And then I just tended the business in that direction. Uh, and then in 2012, I split the company with my ex-husband. He took the litho company and I took all the technology and the 15 people and the digital equipment. But then six months later, that was when my ex-husband, Mike, went out of business and all that blew back on us. Um, but we've just forged ahead with building these, we call them marketing portals. And um, it's taken people or large companies a long time to realize that this is something that can really help them with saving time, money, um, to put a platform like this into the business where people can order everything they need in one place. And over the years, we've also expanded them, you know, to include video and um, social and promotional items and wearables so that the employees that are spread out over 80 offices can go to one place for everything they need. 
That's great. That's great. Now, when you decided to do that, I mean, obviously the market required, you felt like it was requiring you to shift the business, yes, right? Yes. But were you interested in technology before or what gave you the idea to leverage a portal in that way for what you were seeing? I mean, is there a point at which that became... Uh, just reading a lot of industry publications and paying attention to what was going on. And this was, it was a new thing. And so was digital printing. But um, we were on the cutting edge, or uh, cutting edge of pretty much everything the whole time we were in business. So um, it was a hard leap, though. It was like turning a cruise ship. Because like I said, a lot of our employees thought it was a really bad idea that I had completely lost my mind that <laughs> no one will ever, you know, take art from a computer or digital printing and that, um, but I had my group and we forged ahead and they really believed uh, in what we were doing, especially one employee, Bill Mitchell, who is now in charge of, of building all of the portals in the digital area. I mean, he's just jumped the company ahead 10 years. Um, and honestly, he didn't know anything about the software, but he just jumped in and figured out how to do it. And he's just been an amazing partner the last 15 years. That's great. Were there any, how did you find that first opportunity you know when you were first pitching the idea of portals did you have a client that wanted it already or did you go how'd you find that yeah first that was fairly innovator? that was fairly easy for us because i had a long relationship with um hntv and amazingly they had a portal but it was just terrible and the same with je dunn they had a, a portal, but it was just awful. Like an yeah. intranet or something that people yes, were using? Yes, you know, they were with big companies like a Staples, and oh, they yeah. just were not getting, you know, any attention. Things weren't shipping on time. The quality wasn't great. And once we took that over and did a great job, then pretty much word of mouth. Um, Hellsberg was another, you know, our largest client for a very long time. So it was easy with clients, you know, that we already had to convince them to do that. So, but that's really my job, convincing people that they do need a portal. And um, especially, you know, a marketing department that they're spending all this time doing repetitive tasks, like setting business cards or Joe in the sales department needs some golf balls with the logo on it. It's taking all those repetitive tasks away from people and, you know, putting it somewhere where everyone can access. And that gives the marketing department time to work on what they should be doing, which is marketing the company, not, you know, all the little Ordering tasks. and delivering right. trash keys yes. all over yeah. the country. Yeah. So is there a, I mean, the companies you're talking about are pretty large companies. So is there a target? Like when you're going to market, is there a certain size? Or are you looking for places with lots of locations that make ideal targets yeah. for you? Um, it can be a company that has a lot of employees in one location, but a lot of salespeople out in the field. 
uh, certainly companies with multiple locations, that is a huge problem for them distributing. And during the pandemic, we started working with Hawaiian Bros. That's our first restaurant. And they grew from five to, I think it's 36 restaurants now. And they've got another 14 opening this year. So that was a real blessing during the pandemic, too. Um, and during that pitch, I mean, we walked in, we knew that they had been looking for someone for quite a while. And we walked into the pitch, we showed them all our, you know, portals that we have. They said that the other companies they felt like would be practicing on them. And the president of the agency, 30 minutes into the presentation, stood up and said, write them a PO and walked out of the room. So... That's great. Yeah. Talk about a win, right? <laughs> yeah. I kind of remember you sharing that story. We must have been on a networking call or something like yeah. that. I remember you talking about that. So literally every time I go into Hawaiian Brothers, mm -hmm. I always think of you. Yeah. Oh, thank think, you. I do. I see the little t-shirt. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. good. Cat's doing yeah. that. But that's fun. It's yeah, fun to have yeah. something. You know, I think I've, I'm envious of the tangible nature of what you do. You know, you have a re yes, you produce yeah. something that touches and feels like something. Right. And in the service industry, we don't always have that. You know, right, you walk right. out going, wow, that was a really good help desk today. I mean, I'm really feeling it. You know, yeah, but like, you, you yeah. can see your stuff walking yeah. around and see people talking yeah. about it. That's really fun. Yeah, yeah. and we've worked fun. on a lot of really cool projects over the years and I remember one in particular that we did for VML that was a book for Kashi and had a wooden cover, it had the Japanese sewing on the spine, all the uh, the paper in there was made with different seeds that Kashi uses oh, in their cereals. Yeah. Um, it had all kinds of things in there like a, the back cover punched out to be a trowel and, and all the inserts. It was I think it was the most incredible project I've worked on in 30 years. That's amazing. Still one of my favorites. But we get to do a lot of cool, especially now that we're known for high quality, small projects. You know, we get to do a lot of really cool things that a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to do 20,000 32 page catalogs. Now, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> the question you, is why. That's right. Like, does anybody yeah. need that? Is that no, thing? No. Yeah. Um, I'm always shocked. Um, yeah. And always shocked when you get those in the mail and you're like, I don't even understand why. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're not doing a good job cleaning no. up their mailing list. Oh, definitely that's not. A, that's if you've ever moved into a new house, it'll tell you, you know, like, oh, well, I'm still getting, um, yeah. we had a hunter that lived in our house before us and no one in my house now hunts, but I still get like Orvis <laughs> and all of the like, right, you know, yeah. field and stream. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, these are not for me yes, actually. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Sad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The waste of printing and postage makes oh. me crazy. In fact, I wrote my blog about that this month. <laughs> oh, I have to send it to my husband because he and I were talking about his pet peeve is like, just the the waste, and mm -hmm. he he's a he's a data guy, so he's been on sort of the backside of sort of list generation and and management the data mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And he's like, why it's such a huge waste? And right, what doing right. When this? you can just do the data and clean that up. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So you clearly 
And I know you love art and you're interested, I mean, you're clearly very creative. Is that what drove you into printing in the first place? Or do you think, you know, which came first? Like your, your creative bent for what you do or, you know, what do you... Yeah, you know, it's fun. I've always been creative, you know, I, I still paint. Um, I love art. I'm a huge collector. Um, I see art all the time. I'm obsessed with it. But honestly, when I got into the printing business, um, first of all, I had never sold and I'd never worked for a printing company. Um, I was a graphic designer, but I had gone out to Dallas, Texas from Florida, where I was from, to visit my two sisters. And I met a, a man, he was only 32 years old, and I he had inherited three printing companies. And he said to me, you know, all the buyers are men now, and I have 11, you know, male salespeople, but I'm starting to see some women buyers, and I think it'd be helpful if I hired a woman salesperson. And I said, I've never done sales. I don't know anything about printing. And he said, just come work for me for six months. I think you're gonna be really good at it. And it was pretty shocking starting there, you know, the first day I went and I'm all gussied up and I go into the sales manager's office. He was from Fort Worth, Texas. And um, a little lady. <laughs> I said, you know, where's my account list? And he puts the big yellow pages on his desk and he pushes it towards me and said, basically, little lady, here's your account list because you won't be here in six months. And I immediately left the company, called my mom crying from a payphone because we didn't have cell phones. And she said, you know, suck it up. You know, you're tougher than that. And I basically went back and left no stone unturned and became, within two years, the top salesperson. So it was good he pushed me to that. And then I, I worked in that business in large web sales, catalog sales, yeah. for 10 years. But of course, it's every person's dream to own their own company. I don't know why. That would have it been is. a lot easier if I stayed in that business, but. <laughs> well, I think, and I think, you know, what you do now as the the leader of that organization you described yourself as being the person that goes and does the majority of the pitching right right, that, right? yes so yeah so i guess i'm back your revenue generating you're just re generating yeah. it for yourself right which is yeah. is different but i think that's a huge part of running a business you yeah. know is being able to convey your own message and, and right. be comfortable so probably your hustle from early on you know is part of what made you successful now, yes, know, because yeah. you got comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. Do you think you were naturally competitive and that's what made you want to succeed, or was it more of uh, proving him wrong? Or what is the what was the internal motivator there? Well, I think too, I'm one of four girls that were born in six years. So you had to be damn competitive in my house to, <laughs> to survive. You had to get the bathroom first in the morning. And the other thing too, yeah, I think I was very competitive because when I landed on the sales floor, none of those 11 guys talked to me, asked me to go out to lunch. Hey, how you doing? Do you need any help? So 
you know, whenever there was an opportunity to travel, I raised my hand and the rest of them, you know, oh, I don't want to go to El Paso. But I was like, I'll go. So that's great. That's great. It's funny, you know, I think, wow, we've come a long way from the days when you were the oh. only woman in the office. But then you talk about it's amazing how much some of that still rears mm. its head. You know, when we were, I was just having a conversation with a friend yesterday about our girls. Um, you know, my teenagers and her daughter's in college and her daughter just quit her job all of a sudden. And we were like, what's going on? And it was because she was getting harassed by somebody in the yeah. office. And so, of course, she's like, well, hold on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we could maybe adjust this. But, yeah. but it is. It's like it's something that, mm -hmm. you know, we were probably, you were probably more on your guard about that because it was so blatant it was and obvious. A, yes. As opposed to our males. girls who've been growing up thinking they oh, can do whatever yeah. they want. And then the first time they encounter it, they go, oh, what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. what just happened? Yeah. You know, my daughter and I have talked about that. I mean, she wouldn't tolerate for an instant yeah, some of not. the things that I went through. <laughs> and even still, it's funny, you know, the, uh, Bill and I will go to a show and we're looking at a half a million dollar piece of equipment. No one ever talks to me. They, they talk to the guys. And uh, it was funny, you know, several years ago, we bought a Kodak press and the HP guy went crazy. He said, you know, why didn't you buy the press from me? And Bill said, you never even called on Cat. So. <laughs> That's funny. That's, I, it's, I'm sure we could go back and forth with stories yeah, forever. I have way, right. too, way oh, too, too. All yeah, the time. Yeah. 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 But well, it's, you know, it's still in our industry. It's, um, you know, I'm the only 100% woman-owned printing company in Kansas City. Isn't that crazy? It's hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would you say, you know, if you had a, a final parting thought or you're imparting wisdom to your daughter or my daughter or somebody else about how, what advice would you give them to find success as they go into owning their own business right. or building. Which my daughter brand. already does. Good know. for her. Isn't that crazy? Well, um, she's had a wonderful role model. Yeah, so you wonder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, my philosophy every day is you've got to get up in a good mood and you've got to treat people well and you've got to, no matter what's bothering you, you've got to put on a good face for your employees. And the other thing I think is somehow I just have a lot of grit and a lot of, I never had the feeling that I could fail. I don't let it cross my mind. Um, even though I've been through some really tough times, it's, just put one foot in front of the other. And like, you know, my dad used to always say, this too shall pass. And he started me working at a very young age and, you know, really gave me a good work ethic too. I think sometimes that's missing in some of my younger employees, so. Yeah. And not in my older employees because that's the way they were brought up. Yeah, I, I do think that's changed. I think that yeah. sometimes, not for everybody, but I yeah. do think, you know, but I think kids are programmed so much now that they don't necessarily have, you know, the work experience at a very right. age. That, yes, you know, yeah. Well, did. you know, the same with my kids. I never really, you know, 
made him have a job, but I always say the best thing that happened to my kids was when this disaster occurred with their father and we went from having everything to having nothing. And they both had to get jobs. Yeah. And that was a huge, you know, they were Pembroke students. That was a huge change of life for them. But I think it made them a lot more happy with what they have. They're both very content and they both have great careers that they love. Well, I always say kids learn what they're modeled, right? So the fact that they saw you with a positive attitude, figuring out how mm -hmm. to get through it, doing the thing, that I'm sure that raised mm -hmm. that in them as well. You know, yeah. more than you just telling them to do it, you right. showed them to right. do it. And I'm gonna take a hundred percent of the credit. I for think how good my kids are. Absolutely. Out. <laughs> yeah. 100. I, I like to take credit for all the good stuff. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a really good idea. Well, thanks for um, being with me today, yes, Kat. It was, it was great lovely. to catch up, and I yes. love your story. It's oh, such a great, thank you. It's so encouraging. I think. Keep plugging along. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you.